Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly radio show and podcast where we'll be talking about the secrets behind living an inspired and extraordinary life on the terms that you set for yourself. I'm really excited about this series, and we have lots of great guests from across the globe who are going to share their stories and advice with you. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Jen Verheren of Cadence Coaching. Jen currently lives on beautiful Vashon Island, a short ferry ride from Seattle. She is a life and business coach who has spent her lifetime working with both horses and people, and currently she focuses on helping horse professionals grow their businesses and helping athletes and equestrians improve their performances. Jen's wisdom extends far beyond the world of horses, however. In fact, I met her a few years ago when she was working as my business coach, and I asked her to be on the show today because she's been getting some extraordinary results with her strategic planning program take the reins, and that seemed like a great way to kick off this show and the new year. Jen, welcome, and thank you for being our very first guest on this program. Thanks, Ellen. I'm so excited to be here and to get to spend some uh, time with you outside of what the work we've done in the past. So thank you for having me, and I look forward to discussing some of my favorite topics. Why don't you start out by just giving us a brief glimpse into what it is that you do as a coach to horse professionals and those athletes that you help get to the next level? Well, what I've discovered about so many of us who build businesses around our passions is that we are so involved and so invested in what we do that we do not understand or feel unable to build a business that allows us to do what we love to do in a sustainable way for a long period of time. And so my passion right now, one of my passions right now, is really helping people who have developed businesses out of a passion. And it might be a horse trainer, it might be a dog trainer, it might be an artist, might be a massage therapist. And how do you apply some basic business principles as, a, as well as a, as a coaching process to really create a business that allows you to do what you love for a long period of time. I heard, had a coach um, years ago who said to me, your business is a vessel for the evolution of your soul. And I love that because so often we get caught up in the day-to-day um, grind and minutia and we get very narrow in the way we look at our businesses and, and what we're able or not able to do that when we really look at our business as something that we can be empowered to develop and create and change in any way we like, and then that grows with us as we evolve, then it becomes very expansive rather than contracting. So uh, quite often I get hired by people who kind of feel like they're at the end of their rope or they're not making enough money, they feel tired, um, they either can't get enough business or they feel like they have too much business and they're still don't have enough resources coming in. Um, so that's really my passion right now is how do we really let our businesses be a vessel for the evolution of our souls. I loved how you were able to make that shift in your own life and, um, 
and are, are moving forward and, and doing it with other people as well. I, I've been reading lately quite a lot on this topic, and I feel like when you are able to step into that passion and do your work out of the love of doing the work without money or, or other responsibilities being the main motivator, that's when I think you're able to give your biggest gifts to the world and you're able to really step into your purpose. One of the things I find myself saying a lot, and this really had a lot of power for me years ago, is you are not your business. You are not your business. Because when we, when we are our own service, it's easy to so closely identify with the business that we can't, um, we feel disempowered to change it, to really look at it, to assess it. And when we're able to sort of extricate ourselves and our souls and what we do from how our business is set up, it becomes very empowering because then we get to really focus on the work and do what we love and trust and have confidence in the structures that we've put in place um, to make sure that the business is profitable, that we get to serve our clients on a really high level, and that the business is going to grow and change, um, whether it's from outside pressures like changes in the economy or moving to a new location or whether you have internal changes that cause your business to need to grow. You you mentioned the economy, which um, brings up a question for me. You've been coaching for, I, I don't know how many, year, many years now, I guess. Oh, and 10 years now. 10 years. So you've seen yeah. the ups and downs of the economic cycles do you find that, do you ever say, oh, don't go into business now, it'll never work? Or do you find that people with um, a certain attitude or a certain, this show's called Ready, Set, Grit for a reason, mm, because I yeah. happen to strongly believe in that grit and that stick-withedness. Yeah. Um, can, you just, can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that it's really easy to feel discouraged or intimidated by what's going on in the world around us. And if we stay committed, and I think that has a lot to do with faith, commitment and faith. I was recently talking with a client, and she said to me, uh, or I asked her actually, why she thought she didn't have um, the business that she wanted, why she was losing clients, why um, her business wasn't growing. And she started to talk about how her, in her area, people didn't have very much money, how there were several other horse trainers in her area, so she felt like she had competition she couldn't keep up with. And she went on and on with some of all of these reasons why she thought her business wasn't growing. And what I, as the conversation went on, I said to her, how long has it been since you've done something intentional about your business? Since you've really taken care and been intentional. And she stopped and she said, wow, I can't remember the last time I was really intentional about my business. And it, I could just feel this shift in her because she realized that this wasn't about the other trainers. It wasn't about the economy. It wasn't about her area. It was about her commitment and her intention within her own business. And I believe that this faith 
in our own purpose and what we have to put out in the world and that that if you if you put it out there you you actually by putting it out there it's like bees to flowers and no matter what's going on in the rest of the world you have the ability to make your business work for you if you have commitment and faith so it's not external it's always internal on some level in my experience that that is the case um and it also depends on how you choose to view challenges if you view the economy as a challenge and you step up to it you're going to have a very different experience in your business than if you view the economy as an excuse or a reason why you're going to fail that's very maybe interesting you need to make some real shifts in what you offer how you offer it maybe your market is going to change a little bit but by having your eyes wide open and being willing to be flexible and make adjustments you're going to be a lot stronger than you are if you simply say oh i'm not going to make it because of the economy and i have to go get a job you know we're talking a little bit about business and people that maybe already have an idea or already have a direction but what about those who are maybe stuck and um don't don't know yet what they want to do when they grow up, you know, don't know what their yeah. passion is. They maybe know they want to make a change. Do you I have any... that question? Yeah, because uh, I've been there. <laughs> uh-huh. I have been there. Um, so this is what I've learned working now with so many different people in the visioning process. And visioning is the the ability or the process to experience or in, um, to experience something as real that has not yet occurred, that has not yet come into fruition. And what I find is when I first start begin to take people through the visioning process, and the way I do that is I ask people to step into their own shoes five years from now, sometimes ten years from now, sometimes a year from now, depending on, on where we're at, but really to step into their own shoes in the future and describe for me everything that's happened to them during that period of time, what they've learned, how they feel, what they have, the kinds of people they hang out with, how they spend their days, all of these questions. And a lot of people will say, oh, I don't know. I don't know, what, I don't, I don't know where I want to live. I don't know what my job is going to be. I don't know what I want to do. And it, it, you don't have to know the answers to those questions to really begin to vision. The visioning is what's important to me? How do I want to feel? You know, what colors do I like? How much light do I need? You know, what are the kinds of people I want to be around? What makes me laugh? What makes me feel grateful? And you start there. And when you start there, what begins to come clear then um, through the process that I use is your core values, the things that are the most important to you. It's not important um, necessarily where you live or what you do or what you have. This is not a planning process. And that's where people we really want to make a clear distinction between visioning and planning because people feel the need if it you know when you're in that place of not really knowing what you want to do you want to plan you want to be in action you want to find out what it is and i really ask people to step out of that place and go way into your right brain and get very imaginative and really let yourself explore what it is um, th- those things that are less tangible. And out of that then comes these core values, and then out of these core values you begin to ask yourself, 
what in my daily life is going to help me express those? And it's just crazy how then things start to become more clear. Um, you start to gain more of an awareness about what are the activities that bring you joy? What are the things other people most appreciate about you? Um, and, and it's these, then beginning to string together these little pieces of uh, information and awareness that begin to lead you towards your purpose. And it really doesn't matter where you're starting from. No, you can start from, from anywhere, from anywhere. Whether you want to transition out of one business into another, whether you want to transition out of a career into another career or a new job, or whether you're a stay-at-home parent and you want to get yourself back out into the workforce, um, you, can, you can start anywhere. Yeah, one thing I really like about this whole process is that it's very, um, it, it levels the playing field. You know, anybody can do this, no matter what their circumstances are right now. And I think from what I've seen, a lot of people will default to excuses. Like you said, you know, the economy's bad or my bills are too high or, you know, whatever. There's lots of excuses. But in reality, it doesn't, your, your life doesn't have to be dictated by all those present circumstances. So I want to shift gears a little bit. And it's the beginning of the new year. A lot of people are definitely looking to make some changes in their lives. So when people are saying they're setting New Year's resolutions, what is your thought, like, a resolution versus goal setting and planning, what, what's, the, what's the difference there? So resolutions are really strategies rather than goals most of the time, meaning that if, if most, most often a resolution is about something that you want to do, whether you want to exercise more, ride your horse every day, um, you know, eat less sugar, eat less cheese, <laughs> eat more vegetables, whatever it is, it's generally something that you want to do. And it's not so much about who you want to be. And this is where mm. the motivation gets lost. If you are, you take a, a strategy as a how, it's a strategy describes how you are going to accomplish a goal. So if I decide that my resolution or my goal is to exercise three days a week, the first week that comes along, and it'll come along pretty quickly, that I don't exercise three days a week, I have just failed. I have not kept my resolution. Instead, my suggestion is to really identify what's the goal. Maybe I want to feel, you know, have tons of energy feel great in my skinny jeans, be able to, you know, hang out with my grandkids and, you know, ride six horses a day or whatever it is I want to be able to do, how is exercising three days a week going to change my life? What do I really want? And once I've decided on my goal, then I can experiment with strategies for how to get there. So if I decide I'm going to exercise three days a week so I can accomplish this amazing goal, and it doesn't happen, instead of saying, oh, I failed, I say to myself, okay, what strategy am I going to try next? How do I give myself more structure or support? Do I need to have a buddy that I exercise with? Do I need to try exercising at a different time of day? Do I need a different type of exercise? Do I need to look at my diet 
And you begin to realize that you have all of these strategies available to you that you can try. And your goal remains the same. So this is to me where a goal and, and a goal setting process is very different from setting a resolution. Um, and that also brings me to this idea of stories and telling stories. When, you know, say I didn't work out three days a week, three or four weeks into the new year, it's real easy to start saying to myself, oh, well, I suck. Here I go again. Another resolution failed. Another year. I might as well go eat pasta and um, drink too much wine or whatever it is. And then these stories help keep me in a spiral of repeating old behaviors based on the story that I'm telling myself. If I have a clear goal and I, my strategy doesn't work out, I am going to be then more likely to stay motivated and committed to that goal and be willing to try new things, be willing to strategize, be willing to be creative in the process and tell stories that are more true about how I'm going to get there rather than old stories that keep me stuck in old patterns. What, what do you recommend for people to keep their eye on that goal, to keep, you know, when you're eight or nine or ten weeks into the new year and you may be faltering a little bit or not remembering the goal as clearly, do you have uh, tools or tips that you can share so people can, um, you know, kind of keep their eye on the prize and remember why they're doing what they're doing? Yeah, I have a whole bunch, but I'll give you two. One is to create either a ritual or a mantra that, that, that gives you almost a visceral experience of what it's going to be like to accomplish that goal. Um, so something you say to yourself or something you do that you know will shift your mood and shift you into a place where you feel inspired and able to be in action and start to begin to create new patterns. Examples are, you know, a particular song. I have a particular song that I um, play when I start to feel unmotivated or start to feel my old bad habits wanting to sneak in. And that song immediately takes me into a space of feeling motivated and excited about my goal. Can you share what that song is? Yeah, it's a song. Well, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a riding goal that I have for my horse, and I have this vision of riding a musical freestyle on my horse to this song, and it's called, it's, it's a, um, a Fleetwood Mac song called Secondhand News. For some reason, that song just puts me in a mood, so if I am needing to do some sit-ups or I'm needing to go ride in the pouring rain or I'm, whatever it is I need to get out there and do for my goal, I put that song on and I immediately experience what it's going to be like when I ride my musical freestyle to that song. And, and so that's just an example. And, and um, the second strategy I want to share is sharing it with someone. Mm, sharing, like accountability. Yeah, sharing your goal. A accountability and also having, putting it, getting it out of your head, putting it out into the world. Somehow sharing your goals with someone else, especially someone else who gets it, who's willing to advocate for that goal for you, and help kind of support you and, and hold your feet to the fire when you need it makes a huge difference. Um, and I would also caution people to think about who you share your goals with because sometimes the people that we love the most and who we're the closest to 
are actually the people that have the hardest time um, supporting us with important changes we want to make. And it's totally natural. It's totally normal. So, you know, having a dear friend um, that you know, you know, is in your court, having a coach, having, you know, some kind of a trainer or a mentor that you share your goals with is hugely beneficial. Yeah, no, I was thinking the very same thing because those people that we're closest to, they they have a lot of power over us and just yeah. a thoughtless word can really put, you know, knock a lot of wind out of our sails when we're trying to make big changes. So that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. quite often our inner critic voice, you know, is the voice that is inside of us telling us, you know, we're not good enough, we're not ready yet, it's never going to happen, we're not as good as uh, everyone else. You know, that, that voice is really a benevolent voice. It's actually evolved to help keep us safe. And what happens, I think, is a lot of times the people around us, they collude with that voice because they don't want to see us disappointed or hurt. They don't want to see us fail. Maybe they're afraid we're going to evolve and change and leave. So you want to really identify the people in your life who are going to collude with what I call your inner coach voice, which is the coach of your ambitions and your dreams and your desires, and that are going to be that voice for you when you need to hear it. And it doesn't mean that those people that tend to collude with your inner critic um, are less worthy of your love or that you need to, to leave, that you need to get them out of your life. It just means that you need to have a high degree of awareness about who those people are and who your inner coach people are. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I want to ask you, so you have this program that you've developed for goal setting, strategic goal setting, and um, you already talked about a couple of strategies. Are there additional um, bits that you can share with us about that um, program that you've developed? Yeah, yeah, it's a program now that's developed over the last several years. Um, it's now in a form that is, has been sort of synthesized to um, its, its most valuable form. I could say it consists of 10 recorded sessions and a workbook that I've put together based on a coaching couple of coaching programs that I've done in the past. And it takes you through a process of visioning, setting goals, creating strategies, and then also, you know, how to build new habits, how to get rid of old habits, new ways of thinking and participating in your own life that will not only help you set the goals, but then in the long run achieve them. Um, one of the strategies, I call it a half halt in riding, and as I know you're aware because you're a horse person, we have something called a half halt, and it's this sweet moment of communication between the horse and rider where there's a slight pause. And the half halt, the intention of the half halt could be a number of things. It could be to create more energy. It could be to slow the horse down. It could be to prepare the horse, the, you know, let the horse know we're going to do a change. It increases balance. It increases harmony. It increases connection. And so I like to apply this concept of the half halt and encourage people to take that pause, whether it's once a week or once a month or quarterly, to really stop and look at what's working, what's not, 
what they want and what might need to change. And I call, I, I call that a half halt because I really believe that um, in our lives we don't pause enough and ask ourselves those questions. And that's when we start living we start living someone else's life or like you said, I can't remember what you said, but kind of sleepwalking through life. We do that mm-hmm. when, when mm-hmm. we don't take the time to pause and half halt. So, um, yeah. That's yeah. I love things. that visual. And tell us about you when you yourself went through this process last year, it resulted in some pretty amazing changes and adventure in your life. What, what happened? Yeah, I had the coolest experience. So last year I decided I was going to do a virtual goal setting and strategic planning teleseminar. So I called it a virtual retreat for my tribe of people, so my friends and clients. And it was a two-hour session. And as I was preparing for and leading that session, I realized that what I really wanted 2016 to be about for me and for my family was international travel. For, to, to share an experience of international travel with my son. Um, he's 13, and I w- was in the Peace Corps. I was an avid traveler um, up until I had him 13 years ago, and my husband also had done a fair amount of traveling, but we had not traveled at all in the last 13 years to speak of or not done any international traveling anyway. So I started with this visioning process, you know, and, and came up with, I really solidly connected the international travel to my my values, what was important to me. Um, I had a lot of barriers at the time. I didn't have enough money. My son, we'd have to take my son out of school. How are we going to do that? I have a farm. How was I going to get my horses and my dogs taken care of? Um, you know, where were we going to go? We had all of these things, and all of those things are what had stopped us for years and years from international travel. So... Through the strategic planning process, we ended up, we decided to homeschool my son for a year, and we figured out how to save the money over time. I found one of my clients just came out of the woodwork and ended up being an amazing house sitter for us while we were gone, and we ended up taking a month-long trip to Thailand that really turned out to be everything we could have wanted. And it was only through that strategic planning process um, that I was able to create that experience for, for my family because I, I, I said to my husband, I've, this was the first time I actually felt completely present during a vacation. I wasn't, you know, thinking about work and worrying about the farm and, you know, involved in my workaholism. <laughs> I really, really got to be present, and we ended up having just an amazing adventure that is going to bring us a lot of joy um, from now on, partly because now it's opened up doors for, you know, what are we going to do next, and how are we going to make that happen, and we feel really empowered now to live that life we're meant to live rather than to keep sleepwalking through our lives thinking that we can't afford it or we can't possibly make it happen. Yeah, that's a great story, John. And it's something that I think a lot of people need to hear. I need to hear. I think we all need reminders to take the time to do that because life is short. And, you know, certainly for me, one of my biggest fears, I guess probably one of my only fears is to end up with regrets. And I try to live my life purposefully so that those are minimal. 
I mean, I feel like you, you are embodying this process now kind of right before my eyes, you know, um, and it's really, really fun to see you really stepping into your purpose. It, it's, it feels so right and it's so exciting. I just can't wait to see what unfolds for you over the next several years. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really excited to be doing this, and I'm doing, you know, more writing and speaking and, and the podcast and radio show, and all of this stuff feels very aligned with my purpose and with what I, I'm excited and passionate about doing, just like what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's it, it's taken me a while to get here, but I'm I'm glad to be here, and I I really hope to help others along as well, so... Thank you for being a big part of that, Jen. You are so welcome. It has been my pleasure, and, and it's Wonderful. my pleasure that our paths keep crossing again and again over the years. I hope that continues. Yes, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's show. My guest was Jen Verheron of Cadence Coaching. You can find her online at cadence-coach.com. Please tune in next week at the same time for more inspirational stories. And don't forget, you can hear Jen's full interview on our website, readysetgrit.com. And you'll also find links there to her website and directly to her coaching program, Taking the Reins, so that you can start to make real changes in your life using her system. So thank you again, Jen, and thank you to everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Ellen. Have a fantastic afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.